It is yet another episode of Indiana Drive with Caleb Zuver and friends. Excuse me. Uh, this is a long one, guys. And you're going to get to know this person, and you're going to get to know how I know him, and that's this guy talks a lot. But when he talks, it's intelligent, it's informed, it's interesting, and gosh, he's so knowledgeable. I mean, this first segment's going to blow you away with the knowledge he has, and his story is one that he loves to tell. He tells it passionately, has so many stories, and I think a lot of it is just the little things for him. The little things fulfill him, they make him happy, they make him who he is. Uh, I know I've done a lot of people from Brian and the Brian community, and I love doing those, but I also love revealing new characters to a lot of my Brian listeners and and the people who I know who may not know who my friends are that I've made here at Ball State. I love kind of opening the curtain to who they actually are. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do. And you're going to get a little bit of that today. Uh, so buckle in, this one's long and you're going to have to stick with some stories, some rambling, but it's all good and it's all good stuff. So without further ado, Here's my friend, T.C. Deckard. Now, now listen, you're sitting across me right now. And I do have a confession to make because this is kind of embarrassing. And maybe I've asked you this before off the air, but I'm going to do it right now because I think it's super funny. I don't know what the C and TC stands for for you. I know Thomas, mm-hmm. but other I, I don't know what the C stands for. So please educate me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I never realized that hadn't come up yet. But um, yeah, so Thomas is uh, my uh, great-grandfather's name on my mom's side. And my dad's name was Cecil. So I have two like old-fashioned names, but they both have pretty big significance in my family. And uh, when my parents were deciding <clears throat> what to name me, um, my dad threw out Dax, which would be cool considering, yeah. But um, <laughs> but then my mom suggested TC and what it stood for and how it had significance with both names, and my dad loved it. And ironically, it was the name of the helicopter pilot on Magnum PI. So when people go. when people ask me, I'm like. I'm after after a helicopter pilot, and then I kind of actually tell the real story. Gotcha. All right. So for for the people who don't know who you are, TC, uh, just kind of introduce yourself, where you're from, what you're doing here at Ball State, uh, even maybe throw in how we met. How about that? All right. Yeah. So um, I'm a junior at Ball State. Um, I'm planning on graduating in May of 2023, and I'm from Lynn, Indiana, which is, I mean, you probably don't know where that is, anybody out there, but... A lot of people don't know where Brian is either, so yeah. we've talked about that a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. Lynn has about a thousand people, and that's if you expand the uh, quote-unquote city limits about five miles radius. Um, graduated with forty-seven, so that's my that's where my high school like size-wise. Um, I uh, I met Caleb actually. I've, I've kind of struggled meeting friends, and I was forced by my old counselor. Uh, Mr. Gleckler. Shout um, out Mr. Gleckler. Yeah, he Garrett. He uh, he's from Bryan and he was at my he was a counselor at my my last two years in high school and he and I got really close and he when he moved back home for another counseling job at Bryan where Caleb went um he uh, he said he he told me before Caleb got here so when it was my freshman year since Caleb's a year younger than me um he said I have this kid who's interested in TCOM and journalism uh, like you are and he's thinking about going to Ball State if he decides to go there which he ended up doing he said, how about you like show him around, maybe be a new friend on campus. And I was like, all right, all right, maybe we'll do this. And I, he told me a little bit about Zuver and I was like, okay, we'll see what this kid's all about. <laughs> Cause I mean, if it's a suggestion from Gleckler, I'm like, I'll take it with a grain of salt yeah. because I know how Gleckler is. And, uh, and I was walking on campus and he and I like messaged each other on Twitter because I'd found Caleb Zuver on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot because I had to do my Didn't hair. Didn't know who, who it was that followed me when that notification yeah. came up. I was kind of scared about what was going on, but it worked out. Yeah, I had to do my internet sleuthing like everybody <laughs> else. Everybody does it nowadays. You can't be can't say you don't. But I was walking up towards the library, and I was like, wait, 
that kid's on his phone messaging me as I'm like, like wait. That's wearing a, Colt stuff. Yeah, and he was wearing Colt stuff. So I was yeah. like, yeah, Glucker's just trying to make me mad by making me friends with another Colts fan. But I was like, okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And here we are over a year later, and he's my best friend on campus. So yeah. thanks a lot, Garrett. It, wor- it works out. Shout out Garrett Glecker again. Uh, so one of the first things, TC, that uh, I found out about you is how big of a Cowboys fan you are. And uh, I think the people who – come to this podcast for the sports talk there aren't many but for the people who actually do come for the sports talk uh have been thankful that there hasn't been cowboys talk uh america's team as they call them but you're gonna fill us in here because you could talk for hours about them now we're not gonna do that we're gonna talk a little bit about them here mm-hmm. but we all know how you feel we don't know so fill us in your your love for the cowboys how it developed and uh Let's talk about this week's game because it's a big game for the Cowboys. You're playing the Washington football team. Uh, they're six and six. You're eight and four. They're two games back in the division. They have two games uh, to play against each other here. So you just talk about kind of your upbringing as a Cowboys fan and and how you feel about this game going into going into this week. Well, I mean, people people obviously think like if I tell my cow- I'm a Cowboys fan they'll be like all right just one of those and just to make them mad I say yeah I'm also a Lakers and Yankees fan <laughs> but no I'm I'm more passionate than that it's a uh, it's straight up from my, my dad he he was a Cowboys fan been a Cowboys fan since the 70s so he lived through the 80s and when they sucked and um so it, it's no way like just being oh bandwagon the biggest franchise in each major sport it's yeah. it's been a lifelong thing and there was a time where I wasn't really interested in football and uh Whenever like the Cowboys would lose, and there was quite a few bleak years there, which I mean, <laughs> quite I st- a few eight and eights. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. Twenty eleven through twenty thirteen. <laughs> um, yeah, but even we were four and twelve in like twenty fifteen. Like before that, um, when I was probably like eight or nine, I was just he'd try to get me interested, and in, I don't remember it too vividly, but I do remember being like, you know what, I'm just gonna like change to a team that wins, like the, the Patriots <laughs> or something and wow yeah 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 so that that was before i established like loyalty and like even i don't if i didn't even know what the concept of like passion for a sports team right. was and uh and it wasn't until uh my dad he had a, a professor um whose nephew at the time was a backup tight end for the cowboys and that was just a coincidence like obviously none of that was planned but that Tight end got us tickets to Cowboys Colts game on December fifth, twenty ten, just past the eleven year anniversary, which blows my mind. <laughs> um, and for some reason, I can't remember before that being being uber invested in yeah. the Cowboys or football overall. But I do remember when he told me that we're going to the game. I went upstairs, shut my door in my room, and just screamed because I was so excited. Mm-hmm. And um, lo and behold like that we got the tickets i think on a wednesday and then the following thursday that tight end got cut but we still had the tickets so it was like and then (laughs) he went on to play for the bills scott chandler was who it was but um we uh we went to the game and i was doing some trash talking with a fan me the 10 year old that i was 10 year old trash talk yeah and my dad thought i was going to get him in a fight and have to back me up but anyway been there yeah um and ironically all the cowboys games i go to now i don't talk any trash i just go to enjoy the game but uh, we won 38-35. Off of, great game. Yeah, off of um, David Bueller, overtime kick. So my very first NFL game was overtime. We beat mm-hmm. Peyton Manning. He threw four picks, two to Sean Lee, one of which was a pick six. Yeah, I, I kind of remember that a little bit. We had John Kitna, his starting quarterback. But it seems like ever since then, I've just been hooked, mm-hmm. and it's progressively gotten more and more invested, and it's essentially become my life now, including like what I want to do with my like career goals down right. the road covering the Cowboys. And regarding this week, I mean, once my dad listens to this, he'll know that I don't give predictions, so I'm not <laughs> going to start Shout here. Shout out to your dad. Yeah, but, well, see, I, I'm walking on, on eggshells here because I, like, I don't give predictions, but I also have some passionate arguments about it. I, I get being nervous for it. I understand that. But, I mean... We've kind of just gone through our injury wo- injury and COVID woes, and then what Washington just lost their starting tight end and Montez Sweat. Yep. So not that our run game's been lethal with Zeke and Pollard being well, Zeke been being banged up, and now Pollard has a foot issue. But um, in our offensive line, I, that we should just put Connor Williams back in at left guard, but that's its own thing. Um, I'm not as intimidated by their defense because well, they started I think we yeah, had two and six, and 
that was when their defense, I think their past defense was bottom three or four teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, guys. And they just lost Chase Young, who, ironically, since they lost Chase Young, they've been better. I yeah. don't understand how. Yeah. So um, maybe it's a hype for Ohio State football players. It's not justified. So wow. Um, but I hope they. Well, I hope all the Ohio State fans hear that. I mean, we have Zeke, so that's <laughs> yeah, true. Walked into that, but um, <laughs> no, I, I'm not intimidated by their defense. I mean, our, I think, I think if you like boil it down, I think our defense will have better luck taking down their offense because our offense should easily take take care of Washington's not as sure. stout defense sure. because of what they were like number one or number two in the league last year and right. this year they've been kind of horrid and now they're kind of like on the upswing a little bit but it's kind of easy because for a while they're the only way to go was up so uh-huh. um and I think what Cooper's pretty Cooper's healthy now he just came off the mini buy unlike uh, Washington they have a normal week so I think that extra three, four days that we had playing Thursday night football last week, right. it should help us. And then um, we should also, that's offensively with getting Cooper and C.D. Lamb back completely healthy as opposed to pushing them like we did against New Orleans. But on the defensive side, we're getting Neville Gallimore and Randy Gregory back, and we had um, Demarcus Lawrence on a pitch count last week against New Orleans, and he had like two of the first four plays he had QB pressures. Yeah, he hurries. played pretty well. Yeah. So, um, and then Micah just doing what Micah does. We'll get into that. Yeah, that's – I. I mean, I don't even – he he's one of the very few things on this planet that have had me speechless because right. it's like he does what you always do in Madden when you turn down the sliders. It's <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that this is actually happening uh-huh. considering he didn't play last year because of COVID was yep. his last year. So he's just – last time he played before his first NFL snaps was he was a junior in college, and right now I'm a junior in college. And, of <laughs> course, he's more athletically gifted than I am in every facet. But the fact that he can come in and do what he's doing and, like, already have comparisons from active NFL players and, like, the actual NFL experts who have been in the NFL, like, as executives or players, comparing him to, like, a little LT. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's... Well, I, don't don't spill all your thoughts. We're going to get into that in a second. Yeah. But but it's going to... What you just talked about before that is going to move me into my next question because I, I, you know, I haven't talked to you about this uh, off the air much, but... I do feel like these last couple you said, you know, you feel confident that the offense should should handle Washington pretty well this week. My thing is, you know, I watched the Thursday night game last week uh against New Orleans. Wasn't super impressed from what I saw from the offense. I watched most of the Thanksgiving game up until about halfway through the third quarter when things kind of started to get picked up for for the Cowboys. That's when they started to play a little bit. I watched the Kansas City game where they offense didn't really score that much. I'm just wondering uh, because you know Dak did have that injury uh, earlier in the year against New England, missed the game against Minnesota. Do does that concern you that he hasn't looked like the Dak we're, we're used to the and the offense hasn't either? No, that I mean the offense as a whole. Um, yeah, I'm not. I think it's the rotation we've been doing with our offensive line. In the past two weeks, we've also had Joe Philbin, our offensive line coach, out, as well as putting in Connor McGovern as our left guard instead of Connor Williams, who was leading the league in penalties for holding penalties. A couple Connors cutting it up, huh? Yeah, but I want I want the second Connor to go back in because <laughs> when he was back in, we were doing a lot, a lot better, and we were able to even overcome those horrible penalties that he had. Now, I mean, just to be like every NFL fan in the world – Quite a few of them came in New England, so everybody, <laughs> 31 fan bases know what that's like. And right. uh, and just some of them are questionable, and that's that's I don't want to be that guy, but um, I would feel much more comfortable having him back. And then in regards to Dak, now I have the utmost like belief in Dak. Mm-hmm. And in, regarding his calf injury, I just take a look at the Denver game, which was, right. was a game after Minnesota, yeah. and that was when our offensive line, we had um, – I'm pretty sure, yeah, Tyron Smith was out. He missed a couple of games uh-huh. because of a bone spur in his foot. And we had a swing tackle, Ty Inseki, going in, who I think Terrence Steele should be our swing tackle, but that's a whole other rant. Um, and the way Dak escaped the pro- pocket, which it's never good when you have to always do off-script plays because your offensive line can't protect you. Right. But the way that was his first game back and the way that he played and escaped the pocket and would always scramble. Now, he's not running like – past the line of scrimmage but getting away from defenders like rolling out of the pocket i'm not worried about his calf Mm -hmm. and it's just been i i've i attribute most of our struggles to the offensive line not only with the injuries we had to um tyron smith who 
he's just unreal. He's, I mean, has been his whole career. Yeah, he's an all-pro left tackle, and he's top two, if not just top one, um, in the league. I mean, Trent Williams, the argument's there for him, but Tyron Smith, even like seventy percent Tyron Smith is better than yeah. half the tackles in the league. Right. So, with him back, and I think we should put Connor Williams back. I'll stay on that soapbox forever, but um, I think if we put him back in and. I think we can be one-dimensional. We gave Tampa a run for their money in week one, mm-hmm. throwing it 58 times. Now, I don't want Dak to throw it 58 times, but even like if Zeke's hobbled and Tony Pollard's a little bit... You do bit feel like you can win multiple ways, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's go back to, to Micah Parsons. Just touch on this for a little bit as we kind of wind down the Cowboys talk. Um, there's no question last year, uh, granted, you know, COVID year and all that, and that, and that plays a factor to a lot of things that we've seen in the year like the year before covid what we saw during the covid year and kind of now after like our judgments can be kind of changed on on what we saw and last year can be considered an anomaly in a lot of ways but there's no denying that last year's cowboys defense was atrocious yeah and this year from the jump you have you know, we could debate if Trayvon Diggs is really that good at covering, but well, he well, he has. We can debate that, but he, the the bottom line is, is he he's created turnovers for that team, which has changed the the defense as a whole. And then Micah Parsons comes in, and it feels like, you know, what they were saying the whole time last year is that that defense just has to be middle of the pack with the offense they have. Yep. But it, they're they're even better than middle of the pack right now. Mm-hmm. So. Talk about Micah Parsons and just kind of how he's kind of – because to me, he's been the difference maker, in my opinion. He's brought a little swagger and identity to that defense. Yeah, I mean, uh, real quick, touching on Diggs, because I have a bookmark tweet on Twitter um, from Mr. Caleb Zuver saying, I guess Trayvon Diggs is one of those uh, uh, take the good – yeah, take the good, live with the bad type of corners. And I was like, all right, I'll bookmark that for later. And now he's – Still leading the league in picks, and I know yardage is there too. But but, but no, are you going to agree with what I said though? No, I mean, it is what it is. But since he played wide receiver, he's of course going to know exactly what the routes, the techniques that the receiver is doing. So he has a better understanding of that. Now, Micah, I mean, I I don't I don't know what to say. Like we're leading the. I'm waiting for a pick six for Micah because that's the last thing he needs to do. (laughs) Yeah, he's checked every every box other than that, right? Yeah, he's he's just, just. Statistically, he's topping Aaron Donald's stats. Um, of course, Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt have more sacks, but Micah is tied with T.J. Watt um, for the most QB pressures this season mm-hmm. as yeah. a rookie. So, and he he was limited in practice today with a hip issue. So I'm not worried because they would have talked to him a more a bigger thing had it been more serious. But um, he just blows my mind. Like he's a linebacker that runs a four three nine. And I think it was A.J. Brown runs a 4-4 something. <laughs> so we have a linebacker that's running faster than some wide receiver ones. Yeah. And that was clearly evident on the sack he had on Taysom Hill. And I was just – I'm blown away at his closing speed. Like once he got past um, – yeah, because it was going to be like a screen essentially and then the blocking broke down against New Orleans. But once he got behind the, the right tackle, usually when the, the quarterback always scrambles and mm-hmm. just they always throw it away, he turned some type of switch – and it just he it, like he teleported and i was like he won't yeah. sack him he'll yeah. he's gonna throw it away and he just he didn't get it out in time <laughs> and it's that that speed and yeah. the fact that he can combine that speed with like 240 250 strength right it blows it's crazy it, it, it's crazy it blows my mind and i mean of course i hope he stays healthy and now we're gonna have we've only had 28 snaps with our top three pass rushers and it should be a full game th- this coming week so right. i think kind of key might need to watch out for sure uh so there's your Cowboys talk on this podcast for the next year. I think we've yeah. had I think we've had enough. I think everybody's sick of it. So let's just move the NFL as a whole and as we quickly wrap up this segment. Uh your Super Bowl predictions as it stands right now. And, and if you if you aren't comfortable, you know, cuz you said you aren't comfortable giving predictions, yeah. just kind of your observations on the AFC and the NFC as a whole right now because it really does feel like things are just a toss up in the AFC. I think Kansas City has the chance really to start pulling away because their defense has a look has looked a lot better, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's it's just take your pick. Yeah. And then in the NFC, you kind of got five teams that have kind of shown like 
they're going to be the ones that are going to come out of there. And then you just have two other spots that are just going to kind of yeah. be filled. So just kind of your observations. If you want to give your Super Bowl prediction, be my guest. We love that on this show. Yeah. But if not, just kind of your observations of what you've seen. Well, I, I won't go all out and give a Super Bowl prediction. But you, Although, want to, you want to say the Cowboys are going to make it. Well, I mean, what, we were. I mean. Well, we were. I wanted to make the playoffs last year, be the losing record and still win it. But <laughs> um, and I'm not I'm not one of those delusional Cowboys fans that thinks that every year. It's just this year seems promising. But for ratings, in terms of the media aspect, uh, I wanted to be Bucks Patriots uh, because man. like that would be. That's not my prediction. Don't get me wrong. Right. And don't. Oh, my dad's But that was what you yeah, would want to see. I get it. That would just be outrageous. And hey. Was, hey. The way things are going right now, I mean, it really doesn't look like, you know, that's out of the question because, I mean, I know the, that Mac Jones only threw three times, but the fact that they could win that game. Mm-hmm. Bill should have won, yeah, but he, huge win, and they might get the one seed now. Uh, they're on. They just they, they control their own destiny now to take that. It's crazy. I no. mean, I don't, I don't understand how all of a sudden through 13 weeks or whatever we are now that they're the yeah. one seed after last year where it looked like they were dead. Well, I mean, and I know like it was always when, when Brady was in New England, it was, oh my gosh, you're going to have to play Brady in Foxborough. Well, whoever, assuming they get the number one yeah, seed, if they do. go through Foxborough once again. And it's Belichick's crazy. still going to be there. Although, even though they're the hottest team in the NFL with the longest win streak, they started out two and four, and the last team that beat them was the Cowboys. So, yep. um, I would say just with how crazy good that defense is, even though the Cowboys put up the most yards against the Belichick-led defense in his gonna career. going to push his agenda, folks. Yeah, that's it. That's all. I'll try to tie it up there. But um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots find some way because just the mentality, they own the Bills. Just, I mean, they do like yeah. what Rodgers does as the Bears. Yeah. So if it ends up that it's in New England, unless the Chiefs get their act together on offense, because, right. yeah, they're, now they're... It's hard to win there, it, man. It's flip-flopped with, at least regarding the Chiefs, is like the first half of the season their defense was horrible and their offense yeah, was doing what weird. they do. But now it's flipped where the offense they is stagnant. They can put it together, man. Oh, my goodness. But if they if they could, then yes, that would be an interesting... They'd give a, the Patriots a run for the one seed. And in the NFC, yeah, it's between, I think, the top five, which would be... What, Green Bay, Arizona, which Arizona, I mean, I'm still waiting for them to get some skins on the wall regarding, like, playoff and big games and whatnot. Um, they have Monday Night Football against the Rams this coming week, which that'll be a really good game, um, I hope. And uh, what, you have the Rams, Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, Cowboys. And Those then, are the five, I think. Yeah, and the other two teams that'll just sneak in on the – although unless, depending on what Washington does, Washington and yeah. San Francisco have the other two places, and they're both 500. So right. we'll see. The AFC, I don't even – it could be the Dolphins that somehow sneak in and yeah. make, the, make their presence known. Their schedule's easy, kind of coming down the stretch here. They won a couple in a row. It's, it's just wild. It is wild. Like, and even that, the fact that they're one, the one seed in the AFC all the way to the, like, the 12th seed is separated by two, two and a half games. It's so nuts. I'm interested to just watch everybody duke it out in the AFC, and the Thanks. NFC already has like their front runners, yeah. but I want to see what the AFC does. Absolutely. All right, good stuff there, TC. When we come back, we're going to get into the personal discussion about TC, kind of his upbringing. Uh, and how his uh, career led him to Ball State and what he wants to do in the future. Stay with us. Welcome back to Indiana Drive with Caleb Zuver and friends. I'm here with T.C. Deckard. And T.C., we're just talking during the little break there. Just kind of about like, so this will be released tomorrow. Uh, We're recording this on Thursday night. But we're just talking like we don't know what's going to happen this week, this Sunday with games. We don't know what's going to happen tonight with Steelers, Vikings. I do feel like in a lot of ways this has been one of the most unpredictable you're getting wild results like we talked about that Denver Dallas game uh we talk about other games where uh like week one the Steelers beat the Bills and then the Bills get crushed by the Colts later in the week and and you just got so many weird results uh the Jags the Jags beat the Bills Bills. I mean I I know the, the 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 theme of the Bills here but like You've seen it all over the league. Like mm-hmm. it's just weird. Like the Bengals, they crush the Ravens and they lose and, to the Jets, and then they and get the beat by the, the Browns. Yeah. They get crushed by the Browns. Like it's just, I don't. I mean, yeah. from week to week, we don't know it, no. exactly what we're watching. I, no, we, we don't. It's 
And that's why, like, I mean, I don't like predicting my team's games because I'm that superstitious. But even those, like, the talking heads on, like, all even the clickbaity ones are, like, trying to throw out predictions here and there. But even they are, like... Even they don't know don't, anything. Yeah, like, even, they're putting on a face out there in front of the cameras. But they, like, it's hard to analyze this sport. Because, like, Justin Tucker, it takes him a 60... Was it 67? 66, 66, yep. To beat the Lions. And then, like... The Vikings are in all these close games, yep. and they could easily be nine and three. Mm-hmm. But instead, you know, they're they're below five hundred by two games. Yeah. It's just insane to me. Yeah, it is. And well, I mean, yeah, the Vikings have had nine of their twelve games have been decided by a, the last play of the game, um, and then the Lions, of course, had five had three games decided by yep. walk off field goal. And they just finally got their the first Ravens win. too. And then the Ravens being they've, the, they've been on the opposite end of the Vikings where they've won mm-hmm. all those close games. Yeah, yeah, including that one against the Colts. But yeah, um, yeah, that's I, it's so crazy. And like that's even like the close games. You never know which way it's going to go. But with all the upsets, like Denver beating Dallas and then Jacksonville beating Buffalo, it's and then the Jets doing having their like two wins against yeah the premier Bengals AFC and team. Titans, it's right. like uh, I don't know what's going on. So yeah, I don't. It's. I don't like predicting, like I said, I don't like predicting my team's games, but I wouldn't even want to predict any other team's games because it make, makes me look like an idiot when right. none of, there's no parody and there's no, like, you don't know what to expect you don't. any given Sunday, which that's completely true this year of all years. It's why we love it so much, I guess, but it's just crazy and hard to analyze. Let's move into you, TC. So, you know, I've never really talked to you about your kind of upbringing. I mean, we've touched on a little bit, kind of high school and stuff like that, but really uh, – you're going to have to guide us here and kind of tell the audience about your upbringing uh, and, and how sports incorporated in your life and, and just kind of the whole background of what's led you up to this point. Well, I mean, I like to tell my mom this. I'm an underachieving overachiever. Um, I was an honor student, but I didn't really put forth that much effort because I just wanted to kind of get the job done and still get what I, what I like the honors diploma or whatever. But um, I have an older sister, two years older than me, Elizabeth. Um, Shout out, Elizabeth. Yeah. She'll be listening to this because I'll be promoting it. Thanks, Elizabeth. Um, and, Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, and then we, I mean, we hated each other growing up, but now we're best friends, I guess. Can relate. Shout yeah. out, Lainey. Um, but, I mean, honestly, I can't complain about growing up. Like, of course, you always say, well, it could have been worse. and well, you could. I mean, what? I, I, I had a stable family, a stable household, and it was, of course, while you're in it, you're like, I can't wait to grow up. Well, guess what? I've grown up, and it sucks. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> I mean... I love I love the independence of like moving out and how it is now, but there's still like the longest I've gone without seeing my parents since I left for college is nine days. Now I do realize more so that prolonged stays with them like during Thanksgiving break and whatnot make me want to come back up to Muncie. But right. <laughs> it's I enjoyed my childhood and it, I don't really know how to articulate it because it's kind of one of those big things to really ponder. Especially I feel like I'm 20 years removed from it, but. I'm only like well, I moved out two and a half, three years ago. So I enjoyed my childhood. I had a heck of a time, and I didn't realize how easy I had it. And that's a really cliche answer, mm-hmm. but it, it's so true. And in terms of like just my my core family dynamic, like my both my parents and my sister, of course, like of course we were always at each other's throats. But I'd almost give anything to go back to that. Um, right. And I had a good childhood. It was it was pretty simple. Um, I found out early on that I like I like routine and I always I yeah one of my my favorite my favorite memories and this is kind of like towards the end and I don't know if it's like how I realized that I was almost taking myself out to pasture because I was getting ready to move out but my senior year of high school my dad was the, the gym teacher and I had his class uh first and second period I was his cadet first hour and I was in his PE class uh, second hour and the fun we had in that PE class second hour with a lot of my my friends from in my grade and a couple grades below me, was I would almost give anything to go back to that. But then regarding the first hour, I would either go in our gym and just shoot around and just have a blast, or I would take a nap during first hour on his couch while he was on his computer <laughs> in his office. And it was like that was so much yeah. fun. And oh my gosh, that was. And I mean, that's where I can kind of like segue into the, the sports segment of it. Like the PE, PE basketball, which all my friends and I'm going to make sure they listen to this. They know, <laughs> they know what's up because we had, oh my, we had four pointers if they were like from the volleyball line, half court shots would be like, like we could be down 40 points. My dad had a scoreboard app on his phone and he would say, okay, like say my, we, and he would use the scoreboard if it was on from the high school games the night before. And he would say, like, if we're down by 20 points, he'd say, all right. 
the next shot, like you can have a half quarter that like win the game or like the next shot would be worth 25 points. So you could win on a 25 point shot just because, oh my gosh, I can't even, you had to be there, but it was so much fun. And like, that's how it kind of goes into sports. But I guess in terms of like, I'm at Ball State for TCOM and journalism, which my, it has a news concentration, but I'm also minoring in sports studies because Mm -hmm. I want to be like the next David Hellman. Um, who's a staff writer for the Cowboys who I actually got in touch with in the past three weeks, which um, I went all fangirl because I got so excited for that. Right. But um, no, I, I initially wanted to be the the next Joe Buck or Al Michaels, and then I realized I don't exactly have the Joe Buck or Al Michaels voice. I mean, I don't even want to do I like. I think an it's imp- pretty angelic. Well, <laughs> I mean, thanks. I've I've been complimented on my voice and like saying they'd be like, yeah, you have a really good audio voice. I'm like, yeah, I have a face for radio too. So, but um, I. I know where I was when I realized I wanted to be in sports media. I was at my old house. Um, I had to at least been 13 or younger. I, I'd probably venture to guess and say 12 because we hadn't moved out yet. But um, I was watching a Pacers game, so I was I last was interested in NBA stuff in like 2014. So I'm yeah. But and re- the Pacers were playing the Celtics at home, and my parents. It was a small old old house from the 1800s that we lived in and they were in the front room watching the Pacers game and I started watching it and my dad would pause his front one and we got it all synced up to where <laughs> they muted their TV and I was in the back of the house and I yelled and I essentially did like play by play and we were, right. for some reason I remember Rajon Rondo was on the Celtics mm-hmm. and that's the only reason I don't know why I remember <laughs> him if I don't remember any of the Pacers players who was the team I was cheering for at the time but I remember yelling and they said I did a great job um yeah and I guess I just kind of pondered about, like, in terms of sports media, I talked about that a little bit too much at school because my junior year of high school, um, there were five county schools, and the county school, there's only one that has a uh, sports broadcasting like this, this broadcasting that's live-streamed um, for, like, county people that can't make it to the high school games. And they usually they only cover their own games, but they ha- they started covering the sectional every year, which my school is in, as well as the school that obviously had it, mm-hmm. the program. And uh, the husband of a worker at my high school who I'd known my entire life, she came up to me and said, um, are you interested in uh, like sports broadcasting? Because she'd asked, because they were trying to scout people from local schools. So like my, I went to Randolph Southern, Union City had the program. Union City had their own students that were in that broadcasting class. How about, since Randolph Southern's in the sectional, how about Randolph Southern has their own kids for the Randolph Southern game? So they asked you. Yep. They asked me, and for some reason, they started with the superintendent, and the superintendent knew that I was interested in it. Yeah. So right. I was like, how does he know that I wanted to be in sports media? Right. And that's how it trickled down to a lady I'd known my whole life asking. And I said no my junior year. I was like, I don't know. Um, I know I'm getting late in high school, but I don't know if I decided too early. And I was kind of getting paranoid. I'm like, if I decided too early, I've gotten this kind of invested, but I don't want to jump with both feet because yeah. if I do that, then I kind of reach a point of return. Um, but then my senior year, they asked me again, and I talked to some of my my friends uh, in the office since I was I got along with the adults <coughs> better than I did my, my peers. And that kind of still applies, but... Um, and I asked them, I was like, you guys, think, you guys think I should do it? And they're like, yeah, you should do it. And I was like, I don't know. And then Laura McReynolds, she'll be listening to this. Um, she was like, you're going to do it. And I was like, I don't know. Well, I ended up doing it. And, uh, the first half of the, my, the first round game that my, my, uh, Randolph Southern team was in, I didn't talk like the, any of the first half. I was frozen. Yeah. I was and then I started to loosen up the third quarter of that first game. And then after I took my headset off after that game, I was like, yep. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. This is what I want to do. And I mean, of course, now I've kind of more focused on the journalistic, like sports writing side, uh-huh. but just sports media in general. I just, I'm one of those who is like trying to live vicariously through all the athletes. Like I try to do with the high school kids. And now I am with, um, eventually, hopefully NFL players. Like I was, ne- I'm not coordinated at all. Right. So I, I, but I love sports so much that I can't, not be around him right so i feel like i have to be around it and i don't i i enjoy writing kind of i'm just it's fun but um you you're you so you're you're saying that you know through different experiences that you've done because i think this is important it's something we've talked about tc and you kind of just pretty much laid out your entire uh life story there for us but 
you're you're saying that you know getting and I think this applies to all things of life in my opinion immersing yourself Mm -hmm. putting yourself in situations to not only be uncomfortable but sometimes not want to do you know these things just flat out don't want to do them but you know that it could work out putting yourself in those situations is going to help you figure out what you like about those things what you don't like and ultimately what you want to do because I can relate to that in a lot of ways I came here and I wasn't sure and we've talked about this so many times but I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do there's so many things in sports media and I think this experience with both we both share you've done a lot of things you've done play-by-play you've done a lot of classes and we'll get into kind of what's been going on with you here this week because it's been a big week for you in the media game yeah but you know you've kind of found that like sports writing is kind of your your niche and it can change it can always change but that's that's good stuff there tc um I want to go back to what you said when you're talking about your childhood. Uh, just talk. I, I know you touched on your sister, but it relates to me in a lot of ways as well. My sister's birthday was last week. Shout out to Delaney. But uh, talk about kind of the impact she had. Cause I think it's, it, it, <laughs> oh, boy. Because it's, 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 it's it's I can relate to the fact <laughs> where you're talking about, you know, yeah. we didn't get along. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we, yeah. there was a lot of times where, you know, we didn't bond over much. But now I'm sure, like, you love talking to her. You love being around her. And it's the same thing for me because I struggle with that a lot. In my younger years, you know, I was I was a, not even a teenager and I didn't know anything about the world and I thought I did, right? And yeah. we all can relate yeah, to that yeah, in a sense. Yeah. But, like, just kind of talk about that a little bit because I think it's an interesting point. All right. Well, I mean, it's always a cliche. Like, I've even sent her some memes. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in one of the – I don't know what movie it is, but he's with some alien-looking thing and they're, like, in the fight scene in the movie and then after that they're, like, sharing a beer. I'm like – that is my sister and <laughs> relationship. It, and I think now my parents and my sister and everybody in my family and friends that know both of us that hear this are going to laugh. But I think the best thing for my sister and my relationship was that we both, that well, that she moved out and that we don't live together anymore. Like yeah. then we realized how good of a person mm-hmm. the other is and how much we actually enjoy. And you're like, hey, yep. they're not half bad. Same thing happened to me when my sister went to college. Like the first year I was like, great. Like I got to, I got to house to myself. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm, I'm cool. I'm chilling. And then like the, the second year where I was kind of like, you know, like, I kind of, I kind of miss her being around. Like it stinks not having her around. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna give her the satisfaction and say that I miss her. Because, I will. Uh, uh-uh, I no, I don't think so. But um, I will say that our relationship is like it, it, it is enduring. Boy, that's a, that's a good word. Wow, um, dug, dug deep into the bag of tricks there, yeah, yeah, deep it, in the dictionary. It is, it is enduring, and like I, I can already tell you that like it, it won't ever be fractured down the road. Like. It's just kind of a mutual. We don't even have to like talk. We can just be like, yeah. "Hey," she'll be like, "Hey, bro." I'm like, "What's, What's up?" up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, I just and then I mean, even in sports, like when she played basketball, I was always dragged to her games um, because well, I couldn't drive yet while she played, and I thought that sucked. But boy, times when like she'd be like on a on a tear on the basketball floor. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I got pumped up. Mm-hmm. Even like hanging out with my friends and whatnot. Who I was like, oh, I got, that's my I sister. Got yes. Yep. And then, um, <laughs> and then after that, I made sure I, I didn't know who she was. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it, a lot of the, a lot of our rivalry has been sort of alleviated because, like I said, we don't live together anymore. And then now it's just like we're both going through some of the biggest stages in life. Yeah. Like the f- like moving out is huge, and we're both going through that like two years apart and whatnot. Right. So the fact that we're able to both go through that together, it's one thing you can talk to your parents about, like these life changes and oh, maybe yeah. ask for advice. But then when you talk to someone who's going who's, through it with exactly. you in like today's world, that offers a whole new perspective, especially from like what, like what, since she's two years ahead of me, what she may have, what she did and how that affected and what, m- what my choice that I'm coming to ask her advice about how like she would, how she would take it. So the fact that we're both able to grow up in the exact same time frame, and then, like I said, there's stuff you can ask your grandparents, and then your parents, but then there's also there's stuff things, that's reserved right. for like your sibling that, especially because oh, yeah. we're going through a huge like change in our lives right now. So the fact that she and I can both kind of bounce stuff off each other and like talk about stuff like that, mm-hmm. that no, it, you it, can't really put a price on that type nope. of that device and that experience. Absolutely, and and I relate to that in so many ways, and it's 
you said it perfectly because there's things that she's maybe already gone through that you're about to go through that she can and and vice versa so i mean like it goes both ways and even if you haven't both you haven't experienced these types of things just to talk about it with someone who understands on the same level uh because you just hit the nail on the head i I can't even elaborate on that more because you're exactly right I think we both kind of share that experience. Okay, so good stuff there. So let's talk about just one hell of a week you've had. I oh mean, boy. as we wrap up this discussion oh about boy. you personally, oh I mean, my goodness. My go- you're making the rounds, dude. Ooh, I, I don't, I don't know how all of a sudden, like you've just been on in this heater. But my oh, goodness, it's been it's been about three weeks. If full disclosure, because. I've tried. I've told this story, and I will try to give you the condensed version, but I'll get past Please it. Please so, do. Yes. Um, well, I'll, I'll highlight a little bit of it back on when I went because I went to the Cowboys Chiefs game, and I did my own. We'll little get in that in a second. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. I'll, re- that. I'll reserve that for later because that's a good story too. And, but this week, let's see. I wrote a story for a class that was supposed to be published in a local newspaper, and as well as a newspaper in Kokomo, Indiana, and Richmond, Indiana, where my parents live, actually. So, like, I'm kind of from Richmond, Lynn area. So um, my family was likely to see it. But after class on Monday, I told my professor that, like, he couldn't remember who else's papers were published, and I said, hey, that was mine, too. And he acknowledged it. And then I left class, had my next class, and then went home and... um, I had a text from my professor, and he's a professor that I have an interesting relationship with. Like, he, he makes me so mad, but he sees my potential, which, oh, I hate it when people see my potential. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, um, and then he, uh, he sent me a, a screenshot of my story. He, well, he said, check your inbox on a, on a text message. And I, I checked the email, and my story had been picked up. On, it was on Yahoo News, and I was like, uh... Okay, that's kind of <laughs> cool. Um, it yeah. was supposed to be just be like the like the local newspaper and then two other local news like statewide newspapers. But then it was like on Yahoo News and it's like by Thomas Decker and I'm like, oh my gosh, look, mom, I made it. Right. And it was surreal. And then he like sent me some of the analytic stuff with how many views, not not necessarily reads, but views that my story had been like desktop and like mobile of Yahoo News. And I was like, oh my gosh. So of course I took that. And this is where I like snowball into the next day. I uh, I sent that to a lot of like the people I I know or I've gotten in touch with um, that write or co- write for or cover the Cowboys in sports media and I said hey guys holy crap my my story got picked up by Yahoo News if you could check it out please do because this mm-hmm. is fantastic I can't believe it even happened and then um, <laughs> on Tuesday this is a little bit of the backstory um, I got in touch with well a couple of months ago I got in touch with um, uh, a Cowboys media profe- uh, a media guy who does the pregame postgame shows and a lot of media things for the Cowboys Kyle Yeomans talking uh, Cowboys yes talking Cowboys and uh, <laughs> I, he knows I listen because he and I like we've I've been in his ear enough like we, we've established a, a pretty good relationship via Twitter uh, basically and um and he he uh, he hosts Talking Cowboys, and that's one of the reasons I watch. Since I mean, he's just out of he's not too far out of college, so I know it's like, oh my gosh, it could actually be me in like five years right. or whatever. And uh, they do fan fan sections on or fan calling portions of the show on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. and I usually I work on Tuesdays, so I can't make them. But this past Tuesday, I uh, I had a group project and some finals things to get squared away because I just I don't even want to have to stress more about them than what I already do. So I was like, hey, that show starts at 10. I can actually watch it today. So what I did was I really wanted to make sure I got my question in because I've tried to call before in the past, and I've never I've gotten a busy signal, and it's been so irritating. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try a new tactic. I'm going to call as soon as they even bring up fan questions. And I, I was calling, I was calling, I was calling, I was calling. <laughs> and then Chris Beam, the producer, um, he was like talking cowboys. I was like, yes. And I was like, I wasn't even expecting it because it was like a weird delay, like when the phone was picked up. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this going to work? And then he said, talking cowboys. I'm like, I made it. And I was like, hey, this is a TC from, uh, and he asked where you're from. I said, Indiana. And uh, I'm like, okay. I mean, Kyle knows of me. So yeah. I hope I hope Chris didn't hear me because like people on, my, on the phone or people in person always think I say Casey. I'm like, <laughs> no, or they'll say T. I'm like, no, my name's not Casey. My name's TC. 
and uh, little things like that. But I was like, okay, if Kyle like sees from Indiana and see, uh, I think Kyle will know. And then I was like, you can hear that like the little delay. So I had it on my laptop when I was actually watching the show and I had my phone. So I muted my laptop. So I didn't want to get like any of the confusing hearing myself talk on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. And then I heard all their ad that they do. And I was like, oh my gosh, I made it. And <laughs> I was like, I was so enamored by the fact that, oh my gosh, I'd actually made it on Talking Cowboys. And then I was like, um, okay, I, I had a question. I just can't remember it now. So I was like, okay. Ah. I said, I'm not going to get stage fright and just get him dead air because I know dead air in podcast world or any type of radio Ooh, world. Yeah. I was like, that, I'm so not no, going to no. get We've like, had none of that today, by the no, way. Yeah, no dead air today. So I thanks did that, for that. Yeah, that's on purpose. That's on purpose. But I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, I got my question. I got my question. He's like, he was introducing, we got Rob Phillips, uh, Isaiah Stanback, Heckman Harrison. We got TC from Indiana. I was like, that's me, boys. Oh, I got so, I got so <laughs> pumped. And I was just having this, like, alone with my laptop, watching it. I'm like, let's go. And I don't know how that's going to track for you, but I was, like, getting so pumped. And uh, I was like, yeah, I get And I asked my question, and he was like, oh, oh my gosh, I got so pumped. And I had, yeah, I had my question ready. I just asked about, like, playoff seating and whatnot, which I thought was a good question. And it was a good question. I mean. And they all said, we're not afraid of anybody. So No, yeah, they did, but I, um, I, I don't know if they really like the the tag of my question was assuming we get the division, of course. So, I mean, I know he went to Rob Phillips first, who I'm also a big fan of since he's a Cowboys Cowboys writer that works for the team too. But I was like assuming. So in an idealistic world that we get, but yeah. that's why I asked that question. But I couldn't believe it. So yeah, I had Two I had insane the, things, man. Two and it, yeah. crazy things. So it was within 36 hours I get the text yep. that oh yeah, Yahoo News has your story, and then. The next day, I'm on Talking Cowboys. So uh-huh. maybe, hopefully, someday I'll be on Talking Cowboys just on a more regular basis. Right. Absolutely. Uh, good stuff, TC. And now we're going to move into this or that as we are just flying here. So much content to churn out for you guys this for this weekend. Uh, you know how this – or maybe you don't know how this or that works. I told you before we kind of started this thing. I'm going to give you a choice of two questions you want to answer. i got three sets of questions. You get to choose which one you want to answer. Um, <clears throat> let's start it off with this, and we're going to stick with the Cowboys as if we haven't, haven't done that enough All today. Right. All right. Which loss to the Packers hurt more? I think this is an easy softball question. What, 14 or 16? 14 or 16. Because to me, my fate I, – I, you know, the, the, the Dez caught it situation. Yes, it was tragic, but – for, to me, I enjoyed the Cowboys' downfall more in 2016 because that Rodgers comeback, the throw on the sideline to Cook, I, I, I just loved it. So for me, like I enjoyed as a Cowboy, not yes, yeah, a Cowboy hater, yeah, uh, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. the 2016 loss more than the 2014, but I'm sure probably 2014 hurt a lot more. Well, uh, for those regular listeners to Indiana Drive, this will be the last episode because uh, Caleb Zuber will not make it after out of tonight wow. because he just acknowledged that he was a Cowboy hater and said he loved to see the downfall of America's team. I do. But it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Even though they were two years apart, and I know this is kind of you can say this is this kind of shows my true colors with how invested I get in sports. Both of the losses made me cry. Yeah. Now, 2016, I think was the last time I cried after a Cowboys loss mm-hmm. just because I was like Dude, one seed great one. year great story yeah 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 but 14 I mean you can make the argument like the Dez catch no catch which of course as a Cowboys fan say it with me he caught it um but there was also a DeMarco Murray fumble in the game where that was a touchdown easy but yeah many got, people forget yeah so that's an overlooked aspect of the game too and then I also I I almost want to say 14 because of just my attachment with Tony Romo and Jason Witten. Right. I was and you like, thought you could win it that year for sure. Like, had we won, we would have played yeah. on, at the at Seattle for Which the NFC. Which you already won and there. 30-23, yep. we already won there. And I just I was like, yeah. So I felt – now, it would have been crazy to have – but see, then, I mean, even still with 2016, had we gotten through the Packers and some by some miracle in the Super Bowl – Roma was still in the roster, so was Witten. They still yeah. got in the ring, but had they been like that crazy twelve and four year in twenty fourteen, with Romo and Witten like doing their thing, and cool. like like and, and we had would have came to fruition all those years. It you would know? have, and I'm guessing they probably 
probably should have retired after that year had they won it all in 2014. So I'd probably say 2014 just by how controversial of a call it was, and especially with the NFL saying, oh, yeah, by the way, he caught it. Sorry about that. Yeah, right. Uh, so let's move to the next one. Uh, explain your Kansas City trip. Or I think it's a tough one for you because I think you want to tell both these stories. Uh, yeah. Explain your Kansas City trip that you took uh, a couple weeks ago or you meeting David Letterman. Oh, yeah, boy. I knew this oh. one hit you right right there, right there. Uh, um, well, hmm. I mean, we've saturated this podcast with Cowboys everything, but I don't know if anybody out there can fully understand what meeting David Letterman meant to me. Okay, <laughs> so, so tell us. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll get too pumped up and throw in two random details for the Cowboys one, so I'll just go with You'll the You'll probably Letterman. do that here too, but I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just go, I'll just go, yeah. I'll go with the Letterman one. So, okay, Monday Night Football. This day frustrates me, by the way, because I'll, I'll, I'll explain later, but this right. day frustrates right. the crap out of me because right. I had my chance. Well, I actually, I, I made my chance. Yeah, right. Um, so it's October 20th and, of 2020, and October 19th, the Cowboys have played on Monday Night Football. We played against the Cardinals. We got destroyed because good old Dak wasn't playing, and that whole season was a wash. And even though I knew our season was kind of over once Dak went down, I decided to stay up because I'm a Cowboy loyalist, and I'll be there 4-12. and 12, I'll be there 12-4. and 4. Just when you thought we wouldn't get any more Cowboys talk, here oh, we yeah. are. I still got to throw in the Cowboys stuff, even though I'm talking about <laughs> David Letterman. And... Um, I was like, you know what? I woke up the next morning. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to make it to work. I was exhausted. I'd stayed up the whole time, and it was just bad. But I was like, oh, my gosh, if I call off, I'll get fired. Well, I was like, that's a risk I'm, I'm willing to take because I'm exa- and I don't, I'm not feeling work. So full disclosure, yes, you may mock me, and down the road I'll be like, dude, what were you thinking? You didn't know how to hold a job which but I was like okay I'm gonna call off because I stayed up too late watching a football game mm-hmm. now I called off work and for those wondering I still am working the same place they didn't fire me it turns out calling off one time after working there for four months they're not gonna let you go um four months at the time and I'm just watching Netflix around my apartment just chilling and I'm in a group chat for Newslink Indiana, which is a news organization of which I was a part and Caleb's a part of um, this past semester um, here at Ball State. And they send a message to the group chat. A friend of mine does. And she says, are Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning and David Letterman on campus right now? And then right when I saw that message, that interrupted my Netflix watching, mind you. But I decided to put that aside and be like, oh, my gosh, are they on campus? And... This It went back, and I had a flashback, because as far back as, like, freshman year of high school, I always told my parents, I said, if there is ever a time that David Letterman is on campus, I will stop everything that I'm mm-hmm. doing and make sure I meet him. And I was like, that is this time. So I wait. I keep the group chat, and I'm like, once I see a picture or I see other people saying, yeah, they're here, I will run to campus. Now... I see, finally see a picture of where they're shooting by Frog Baby here on campus, yep. on campus the statue we have. And um, I see Peyton, and I'm like, guys. So I throw on my jacket because it's getting kind of chilly, and my backpack, for some reason, I don't know why I bring my backpack. It has no purpose. I don't have any classes that day. I don't You're know You're just in why. a hurry. I'm in a hurry. So I start running, and this is where the, the cold air comes in because it's mid, mid to late October, and it's starting to get pretty chilly, and I haven't run cross-country by that time in two years. Right. And I'm getting gassed after probably a good half mile. I'm, I'm like, guys, this, this isn't it. Maybe probably a quarter mile, honestly. So I start walking, and I think to myself, what if you start walking and you yep. just miss David yep. Letterman, and you just miss David Letterman, you just miss Peyton yep. Manning? Um, I was like, that is not going to happen. So I booked it, and I get up to about the – the eastern part of campus and i walk up by the business building because i see a big crowd of people and i see a big crowd like migrating with like this other this group of people just migrating away from me i'm like wait what they might be over there do i try to like sneak in and try to see who they're around and then i see i look to my left and i see like uh president mearns of ball state's uh president and uh he's with a few other people and i'm not thinking anything of it i'm like i mean if anything i'll just get to talk to President Mearns, because I thought he was pretty cool. And 
President Mearns points to the multicultural center we had go up by Bracken Library and he says we had this new this new building just completed just this time, just now or whatever it was and the guy he's talking to responds and says man you guys have construction everywhere and since I'm 65 years old I realized that was David Letterman's voice and I was like oh my gosh so Letterman is with their with President Mearns and um, Letterman's like entourage I guess you could say just his his PR people or whatever and I'm like why isn't anybody else over here? I mean, I get all my college-age friends here are like, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. Yeah. I'm like, guys, Dave Letterman, Dave Letterman, Dave Letterman. <laughs> so they walk into the business building, and I walk in behind him. We all single file go through a door, and one of Letterman's team members hold the door open. And I, of course, we, we had like masks and stuff, so I was like, I am probably, like, on the inside, I am screaming, like, oh, my gosh, yeah. it's David Letterman. On the outside, I'm, like, just stoic. I'm like, hey, I'm just walking to class. Yeah, you're just cool. So I just walk in, single file. cool. And Letterman had gone in earlier in the group, and they go into this office right inside the business building, and it's all glass windows. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a little bit of my, <laughs> my intent on meeting Letterman, for lack of better words. And I was like, okay, there's no back exit. He's, he can only walk out of the door he came in. So I'm like, okay. Like somebody for his team sits down in the lobby, and I was like, okay, I don't know how long, how long this will be, but I don't have anything to do the rest of the day. So I just watch, and I'm like, when she moves, I'll move. She stands up, I stand up. And I stand pretty much in front of the door, so whoever walks out of that office will have to walk by me. And I say to myself, nobody's going to get past me. And I just stand there, and then Letterman is the third person out. And I say, and this is where a point, like, it's surreal. Like, yeah. there have been students that have walked by when I was waiting earlier, like, outside the office. No students in the hallway. No students in the hallway. And he comes out. And I say, Mr. Letterman. And he said, yes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. In my head, I was like. No, that's him. That's him. I was like, I am talking to David Letterman, and nobody else <laughs> is in this hallway. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, my name is Tom, Thomas Deckard. Um, I'm a sophomore here at Ball State. Um, I'm from Richmond, Indiana, since he's from Indiana as well. And we just yep. had some talking and a little discussion. And I was like, can I please get a picture because I didn't know how to do with co with COVID and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, and then he's like, yeah, sure. So, oh my gosh, it was like at four Oh four. That's remember where the picture was taken. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. And, um, and a lot of people don't recognize him with, with the beard, but I did. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And we got a picture and uh, I was, he was like, what's your major in? And I said, journalism and uh, broadcasting basically. And he's like, that's where the money is because I'm like, just cause that's Dave. He's Dave. <laughs> and uh, I was like, this is wild. Yeah. And I got a picture with him and he walked on and then president Mearns came out afterwards and I was like flustered. And I was like, uh, president Mearns is like, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what to say right now. I said, I just met David Letterman. I mean, I'd like to meet you. You're pretty cool too, but I was like... <laughs> you're no David Letterman. Come on, Mernsey. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, President Mernsey, but you're no David Letterman. <laughs> Hope you're not listening. But, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this just happened. And then a couple months later, I, I followed up with President Mernsey and I was like, I'm sorry, I was like out of it, but he was so happy for me because yeah. he saw just in my, in my face, like how excited right. I was. And he was like, I'm so happy for you and all that. And then, of course, this is just... I was the only person like that Newslink group chat that I even brought it up. I was the only person that got a picture or um, to talk to either Peyton or David Letterman. And uh, yeah, Letterman got throw that in there every time. But um, I was the only one of the entire group chat, yeah. which I can't remember how many people it was, but I didn't exactly feel like I was the highest in the totem pole on Newslink. Right. But the fact that I'm the only one that got to meet him, especially being there, like I went to meet Dave. I mean, meeting Peyton would have been <laughs> wild, but meeting Dave was the much much You've been cooler about experience. that yeah, yeah so, so i that that's a great story and it was a bring one that brings me great pain because i remember that day well i was uh <clears throat> you know being a good student finishing up an assignment in the library because you know i i'm a i'm school first you know mm -hmm. put my phone down for an hour i was like all right i'm gonna knock this oh, thing out dude and it just so happens that as I was doing that in the library, right next to, to Frog Baby, where that's yeah, at. And, yeah. and I was on the side of the library, closest oh. to Frog Baby. No windows, though. Nope. I, I wasn't sitting by windows, or else I would have saw it. I would have seen, probably seen Peyton, and I would have ran down there. But put my phone down, got my work done, picked my phone back up. Blowing I up. see the tweet, yeah, and I see the Snapchats. People are supposed to see the tweet, like, yeah, Peyton Manning and David Lennon were on our campus today. And they just were like, the life was sucked out of me, yeah. and I felt awful. Now, I can say I was probably within 
about like a hundred feet of Peyton based on where I was mm-hmm. uh, in, in the library yeah. and, 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 and frog baby. But it, it is a day that brings me great pain. Uh, so last question here. And now we got to make this quick. This, this episode is running super long, but it's been all great stuff. Uh, here, here are your choices. I saw your Instagram story post about Beagles reigning supreme. Oh, and I want, I want you to give stuff. your case. Uh, I want you to give your case because I do have my thoughts about Beagles and, I, and my family that's listening uh, will share those thoughts with me. Or uh, why T-Swift reigns supreme, which is actually one I, I agree with. So this is the last one. He's a Swifty, ladies and gentlemen. All righty then. Um, okay. I'll go with the dog, but like I did with the whole letter, I will probably end up talking about Taylor a little bit. But Don't. The Beagles. <laughs> My first dog was a beagle, Wags. Oh my goodness, Wags. She was on my kitchen, my favorite. But um, <laughs> this is the part that's gonna make me cry. But um, no, we got we got her when I lived in Texas. And um, by the way, guys, I'm from Indiana, but I briefly lived in Texas. But that's not why I'm a Cowboys fan. Right. I've always been a Cowboys fan. But anyway, anyway. Cowboys talk inserted once there. Yeah, there Mark you go. that down, everybody. Um, I got we got Wags, and uh, <laughs> my dad went to the to get a dog and all the puppies ran up to him and then all of them ran back to mom and wags was the only one there that stayed with him and he's like i'll take this one and we got her and my sister and i were petrified i was it was i think right before i started kindergarten and i was like we were petrified and it took us like i don't even know how long but it was just like that we were in love with her and she's our best friend and she was just awesome she was like she exemplified perfectly why dogs are a man's best friend. Yeah. Like, and I know we got her as a family dog, but she ended up being my dog, especially towards the end there. And, um, like I, I took care of her. Like she was my kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was, right. it was so, awesome. So, so here's my thing with beagles though. Here's what I will say. In my experience with beagles, I've been around two of them, okay. actually maybe three, but I, in my household, there's been two of them that, you know, have been a part of the family. Those things are the most deceiving little monsters. Nope. Because on the outside, oh, they're so cute. And when a guest comes in, oh, they'll run up to them. They'll, they'll jump on them. They'll want to be petted by them. But the minute a guest leaves and they're around the regular family, they just raise hell in that household. That is my experience no, with beagles no. and why I cannot stand them. I'm talking to you, Sophie. Oh uh, I'm talking to you. So that that is my experience. They, they look cute, but they are no. little monsters, little mongrels on the inside. Nope, they are the best dog breed, and that is um, end of conversation. There's no counter argument that can actually change my mind. <laughs> I know um, there's not. Yeah, I but, never change your mind anyway. But yeah, but, so I mean, Wags was my favorite, and now we have Zeke, who's not. Well, I always thought Wags was dumb. Zeke is not smart at all, but man, he he cuddles and he yeah. gets all under the blanket. He's adorable. Wish I could say the same. Um, but uh, he uh, beagles are fantastic, and uh, yes. Um, also, the like we had Wags for twelve years, and then we've had Zeke for for three years, and that's what twelve three. That's uh fifteen. So, um, speaking of. I've had Beagles for 15 years, and also uh, Taylor Swift has stayed relevant for 15 years. So There's your Taylor Swift go. Incorporation. Yep. Uh, anyone you want to shout out as we wrap up? I'll, I'll go first and let you think about it. Uh, people may not like this, but I'm going to shout out the Levitard Show because these last two weeks, and none of them are listening, but I love them so much. I'm so glad to be a part of their fan base because these last two weeks of shows have absolutely made me die from the sheets and giggles ad read yesterday by chris cody to last week when they tried to predict what brian kelly said in his uh press conference they had like over unders for how many times you would say men uh program all that stuff so i i love them and i want to say like it's been hard because finals are coming up and it's been a lot of stress but those people make me laugh and take my mind off so many things and i admire them in so many ways and look up to them as someone coming up in this industry you go um I'll, okay i'll shout out four people actually I, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, we yeah. Got time for that My yes goodness. yes we do okay um kelsey charles who was the one that i ended up who has a show that on with the cowboys uh that i met up with in kansas city um david hellman who's her best friend as she let me know clearly um rj with uh, blogging the boys and kyle yeomans of course for all four of you guys have 
perfectly exemplified how people like in the sports media field or how anybody like that is looked up to. And I know you guys may chuckle at the fact that there's somebody who actually looks up to you and idolizes you guys, but I do greatly appreciate the um, olive branch you guys have extended out to me and like sure. trying to inspire and give me advice and actually not just let my like my wing in a prayer um, private messages like <laughs> direct messages on Twitter or whatever Absolutely. just go unanswered. Like the fact that you guys are getting back with me and engaging and actually giving me more inspiration outside of all the drive and the inspiration I like have myself. I really appreciate that. And again, like like my dog, that's going to make me emotional too because it's like you guys see the passion I have for it and I am eternally grateful. Assume like, I mean, with or without, I don't know what the future holds, but the four of you, Kelsey Charles, RJ, um, I'm from Blogging the Boys, um, David Hellman and Kyle Yeomans, I want to thank all you guys for making me feel like I, at least I, I have a friend in the sports media field, especially covering the Cowboys. And uh, I just want to thank you guys and give you guys a shout out because even though it's only been a brief time that I've known, like been in you guys' ear and you guys have known that I exist, but um, I really am appreciative and really grateful of all the impact that you guys have already had and the fact that you've given me the time of day and have allowed me to pick your brain and have been so receptive to anything I, I try to reach out to you guys for. So I really want to ch- thank you guys and just give you guys a quick shout out. Perfect way to end that episode, TC. Thanks for coming on. If you've made it this far, thank you. Uh, tell tell your friends. I think it's a great conversation, TC. Told a lot about yourself. So thank you for that. And uh, until next time, we got some great guests coming down the line for you guys. So stay tuned. And until next time, peace.